Hello, my friend. This is Glenda Taylor. In this little podcast today, I hope to oh send you some <laughs> encouraging thoughts and enthusiastic uh, ideas. I need those from time to time. I don't know if you are as weary as I am of receiving so many unsolicited opinions and advertisements, each of them promising to reveal the true meaning of life or the true path to enlightenment. <laughs> Perhaps you, as I sometimes do, have become cynical <laughs> hearing about the latest um, bestseller or the latest herb or the latest guru, <laughs> or the catalogs and solicitations cluttering up your desk and coffee table and bedside stand as they do mine, until I periodically, in a fit of neatness, sweep them all aside into a big pile to be used for children to clip pictures out of or for me to start fires with in my wood stove. By the time one has reached my age, the loss of naive curiosity toward every possible avenue of speculation or achievement is perhaps inevitable. Or perhaps it's that by now it all seems so self-evident, if not easy. I like the way the Sufi mystic Rumi put it. My religion is to live through love. Given that, one has little need for all the hoopla. One's task is clear, difficult, but clear. The Dalai Lama says, my true religion is kindness. Simple enough, be kind. Jesus was not any more complicated. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go ahead, I tell myself, do it. Just go about your daily round, loving, in love. Rumi was disdainful of any creed or formula that obscured this simplicity. He said, Love's creed is separate from all religions. The creed and denomination of lovers is God. Love's creed is separate from all religions. The creed and denomination of lovers is God. Lovers. Rumi's word for truly enlightened beings, for saints, for spiritual adepts. Lovers. By this he didn't mean what we normally mean when we use that word in our limited fashion. We think of a lover as someone who is in love with another person, let's say. But Rumi had a more expansive sense of the word. A lover is someone who knows himself or herself and all else to be made of love and so goes about his or her daily rounds loving with a heart open to see and experience the divinity, the beauty, the purely loving essence of everything and everyone one becomes by Rumi's definition, a lover. To practice love one need go no farther afield than one's own mirror. <laughs> Practicing really loving oneself in all weathers is perhaps the most novel and rewarding adventure one can have. And it is, I might add, an experience totally unfamiliar to many of us. Then there's the, the rest of the lot to love, family, friends, animals, plants, ancestors, reptiles, 
those who imagine themselves to be one's enemies, rocks, cockroaches. <laughs> Andrew Harvey, that roomy scholar, says that he will know he's totally enlightened when he can love a cockroach. That's the biggest challenge in his spiritual life, he says. My biggest challenge, the thing I have most difficulty loving, is the very nature of the space-time trap that we seem to be caught in. Never enough time. Can't be here and there at the same time. Can't be with this one while also being with that one. Can't enjoy this because it's that's not happening and so forth. It's kind of loony to withhold my loving acceptance from this paradox, of course. Because I know through experience, really, I mean it through personal experience, that space and time are relative, that one can be everywhere at once, that the eternal everywhere, every time is right now and right here, that we can by moving into our spiritual epicenter, be at one with everything. When one lives with that awareness and with love, then one's ordinary experience takes on a radiance and an importance that consumes our total attention. One doesn't have to look about for something to do that is worthy of our spiritual endeavor. Everything we do, every little and big Daily activity, whether it feels pleasant or unpleasant, is suffused with an extraordinary sense of, well, a proper engagement. One becomes less and less concerned with any formula for enlightenment. Enlightenment is simply experienced while watching the sun come up, or the fire cast its magical glow on someone we love. No big deal. Life itself, seen and unseen, known and unknown, is what is happening, what is meant to happen, and what matters. And willy-nilly, one finds oneself in love with it all. <laughs> of course, life continues to be complex, and our reactions to it ambivalent. Love lives us. Have you noticed? True love lives us, and so we find ourselves carried along in all kinds of things, adventures and misadventures, ecstatic and painful. But whatever one is about, chopping wood and hauling water, creating art, making friends, taking political action, if one walks this path of love, one knows oneself to be in this amazing, delicious stream of life, flowing along with an extraordinarily rich abundance of possibilities. Hmm. However, hmm, big however, one usually then experiences from most other people a sort of, at best, a sort of bewildered dismissal, or at worst, and absolute rejection, but nearly always one feels misunderstood. Why? Why is something so obviously simple as loving your neighbor something to get crucified over? Why is it that when we finally begin to live our lives in that 
blissful ecstasy or mindless peace or giddy rapture that comes when one is simply in love with life itself? Why is it that so many other people then so often think we've lost our wits (laughs) and that we need to be locked up for our own protection or perhaps for theirs? You know what I mean. You've been there. You know the danger. That's why you guard so fiercely that secret part of yourself that you know to be your best and finest part. Guard it from the awareness and scrutiny of everyone, lest they laugh at it or challenge it or dissolve it by their analysis. We learn as children in self-defense to hide our immense love, to mask our unreserved and ecstatic participation in the beauty of life. And perhaps this hiding of ourselves is wisdom. Love is the most powerful energy. Perhaps it's the only energy. And knowing that is the greatest power of all. Like all energy, love can be experienced in many ways, some of them difficult to the ordinary consciousness. Watch out. If you fling yourself open to love, you can get carried away and do something outrageous. Guaranteed. You can get hurt. That's true. In fact, that's certain that you will get hurt. You can hurt someone else. Right. That usually happens. So I trust oneself to a path of love. More horrors have happened in the name of love than one can imagine. Who can trust this wayward prescription simply to love? Simple? you say? I think not. Discernment is necessary. Trust is necessary. Integrity is necessary. Forgiveness is necessary. Humility is necessary. Self-sacrifice is necessary, and on and on. All true. All true. To walk the path of love challenges us immensely. Sometimes it seems madness. Sometimes it seems impossible. But once we have set our foot upon this path, once we have, as the Sufis say, tasted the wine of divine love, nothing else will satisfy. And that's why when now and again we we run into someone or some group of people that we instantly know understands all of this, we go weak in the knees with relief. We want to spend time with them. We want to have experiences with them. We want to gather together with them just to be in each other's presence. We have the feeling that here, with these people, with this person, one can be oneself. One can somehow safely love. With such people, one can express oneself in the most, oh, I don't know, passionate ways and not be considered too much. One can, for example, love, oh, that field of wildflowers or that silly old album of songs from years ago. One can dance in the moonlight at three three in the morning for the sheer joy of it. One can get up to eat cookies before breakfast. (laughs) One can hug trees and people and even computers. 
One can wrap with infinite love everything one sees and knows. Butterflies, books, catalogs, and those who send them. Politicians, bathroom scales, deadlines, gurus, and villains. And perhaps more importantly, with such people, one can fully experience the painful paradoxes of love. Knowing that these people, these fellow lovers, will not judge, will not lecture, will simply hold still and be with us in love while we deal with whatever comes. And come it all will. When we open ourselves to life, life comes pouring in. So much and so many in need of love, ourselves such novices and so needy ourselves as well, the whole flood tide of opportunity to love, a challenge almost unbearable. Love is bound to force the expansion of the heart until the heart is big enough to encompass the whole universe. That's a stupendous thing. The ego in its legitimate concern for our own individuality must adjust to this broader perspective. What a drama that is, at least for most of us. And so as we follow this path of love, enduring these not-so-rapturous pressures, along with the ecstasy and peace, how grateful one is to find other people who understand and are strong enough to love us through adversity as well as rapture. The goal of my life is to be such a one, a lover, as Rumi would call us, and to seek out and bring together and to share my life with such ones. You listening to this podcast, my friend, I hold in that circle of love. Everything that you are and that we are and may be together echoes that promise of everlasting love. My heart is full of gratitude that I belong to such a rich circle of life and love. And I thank you for being who you are and for loving. Wherever you are, I'm sure to be there. Red-tailed hawk soaring above you in the vast blue sky. Shy deer stepping cautiously over the meadow grass. Gypsy heart challenging you to come with me to exciting, exotic, spiritual adventures yet unknown, especially to me. Count on me, my friend, to be there in love through thick and thin. I always will be. Indeed, we all will be. There's no other way to be. For we are, in our essence, our very beingness, nothing but love. So let us celebrate love together in the ordinariness of everyday life and in the high adventure of our times together. If you get scared, I'll cheer you on. If I seem to have gone too far, I'll listen to your concerns. If love asks of us, as it always does, all that we are or have been or could ever be, and it seems to, at times, tear us limb from limb, we'll be there together to put the pieces back where they go 
in the new, expanded heart of life. For believe me, that is what it's all about, the opening of the heart. As Van Morrison sings, when heart is open, you will meet your lover, the lover that is life, the lover that is God, the lover that is your friend, and most amazing of all, the lover that is your true self. So, (laughs) from time to time I send you my own little notes in the mail, perhaps. My own little advertisements to clutter your desk. So, I hope they don't clutter up your desk for long. Use them to fan yourself with, or to make a paper airplane, or to start a fire in your fireplace, or to write a love note to someone else on the back of it. But whatever you do, remember this simple little message that I'm always trying to send you. I do love you.